Welcome to the Hope. Oh, oh, it says that. So I'm going to get into this quick today because I have so much. I could have spent the rest of the day on this topic. Um, and with that, I just want to say this. I'm going to get into historical things today about the Holy Spirit. Some of our uh, ancestors, if you will, the leaders in the first century church and following, did they believe in the Holy Spirit? Did they believe that the gifts continued through the church? Or did it end with that first century? We're going to look at that today. But what I want you to know, because of the sake of time, I mean, I've got like 45 minutes-ish. My son likes to use that. Ish. 45 minutes-ish. What does that mean? That ish could be, never mind, I'm wasting time. Just to say that I could have, there are so many slides that I took out of this because I don't have the time to get into them. But the ones that I'm sharing today, I think will give you a strong foundation. Just know that if you want more, you can look at, can, can you make sure I can see it in the back? Thank you. This is the book, Miracles and the Supernatural Throughout Church History by Tony Cook. This guy did the research, and I attended a seminar that he, he offered uh, a few years back before COVID, and uh, it was amazing. And I'm telling you, it really charged me up, my faith. It was so much easier for me to say, you know what? Yeah. The Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still for today. They never ended. So I want to get into this. Uh, again, this is part two of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I wanted to start with the fact that there are some preachers out there, and I, I googled this, and I was really surprised how many there are out there who still claim that the gifts ended with... And, some of them were really strong in their language. I mean, even to the point where they were saying, this is from the devil. And I'm just like, wow, come on. Really? It's, it's in this book. All right? The New Testament is chuck full of events where the Holy Spirit was evident, where the gifts were being used. People were being healed. People prophesied were given words of knowledge. People were translated in the Spirit, meaning not the language, but they were moved from one place to another without any effort. How cool is that? <laughs> I'd like to have that happen. So this is called cessationism. And cessationism is the, when the spiritual gifts such as speaking in tongues, prophecy, and healing, they claim ceased with the apostolic age, all right? That's what we're fighting, even yet today. How many have ever faced this? Somebody in your family, maybe. It's still out there, and it's sad, because I believe the Holy Spirit has more for us today. So what does the Bible say about this? First, let's just start way back, all right? The writer of Ecclesiastes, some think it could have been Solomon, but we don't know for sure. He said, history merely repeats itself. Anybody been there? Yeah, you've seen it. It's all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, 
here's something new, but actually it's old. Nothing is ever truly new. And then a little bit later, he goes on to say, what is happening now has happened before. What will happen in the future has happened before because God makes the same things happen over and over again. God's not boring, though. God's not boring. There's nothing new under the sun. Did you know that people were filled with the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament? Did you know that they prophesied? That they not only prophesied, but that they spoke in tongues. Now, it wasn't with the frequency that we see in the New Testament, but it happened. And again, it just makes this valid. Nothing is new under the sun. And there, somewhere down the road, I'm going to go back and I'm going to show you those passages. But today, I don't have time. The Holy Spirit is still moving today. In the New Testament, we see all kinds of miracles. Or as we call it, supernatural expressions. Here, here are just some of them. Prophecy, ministry, which is serving, teaching, exhortation, gift, leading, mercy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles, prophecy. Does anybody here ever experience any of these? Raise your hand up. Come on. Listen to me. You can put them down. If you're not experiencing these, ask why. Because this is a normal sign of somebody who loves Jesus. Somebody who's intimate with Him. Somebody who the Holy Spirit has poured into you. And you can't contain it. What I say last week, rivers of living water trying to flow out. And if you didn't hear last week's message, go back and listen to that. Different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. I'm not done. Prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. And then we have the gifts to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and of course teachers. Other supernatural workings. Conviction. Anybody ever been convicted? And I don't mean by the police. <laughs> or the judge. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit saying, Hey, dummy! No, he doesn't do that. Usually. Unless it's over and over and over and over. Assurance. The Spirit bears witness. You know, when you're making a major decision in your life this is something you should be going after making sure that you have the assurance in your spirit that this is what you're supposed to do who knows better than god illumination the spirit quickening your understanding of scripture i i still remember when i first became born again and somebody pointed this book out to me and they said just start with the book of john and i kept seeing all these red letters and I didn't know what they were. And finally somebody pointed out, oh, that's Jesus speaking. And as I began to read it, something in me began to... Uh, you know, it was almost like an adrenaline rush. I can't even describe it, but it was something supernatural that was coming out of me. And what ended up happening was I couldn't put the book down. 
Every spare minute I had, I was grabbing that thing and looking at it and reading. And then later I'd come back and God would show me something brand new in the same passage that I just read. This is what the Holy Spirit does. The infilling of the Holy Spirit. The empowerment for service. Listen, God wants us to be victorious. God has a world out there who's dying and going to hell. And He has planted us here. We can make a difference. How many people don't know Jesus? How many people are following a false God? Whether it be Buddhism or the prophet Allah. Come on! Boldness. Divine comfort. <laughs> Anybody have that before? Cultivation of character. Ooh, the fruit of the Spirit. The good ones, right? The nine that we should all experience and exhibit. Compassion, mercy, etc. I'm going to stop there. When we go through these lists, the Holy Spirit giftings, how many would say today we don't need some of these? Are there any on that list where you could actually say with all sincerity, we don't need that one today? Come on. When people tell me that it ended with the apostles, I, I just can't, I have to go, why? Why would it? We need the Holy Spirit more today than they did. My opinion, but I think it's accurate. Perhaps if you and I would seek the Holy Spirit, spend more time with Him, He would give us more of these blessed gifts. And people would realize that we don't serve a dead God. But our God, our Jesus is alive and well, and He wants to baptize you in His Holy Spirit. Now, just to say with a preface, Many of the major miracles, the, the, the ones where you just go, they usually happened just prior to severe persecution. All right? And, and I'm talking like raising the dead kind of stuff. Usually that kind of stuff happened just before major persecution or being translated. You know, all those guys ended up dying for Jesus. They gave their lives, with the exception of John. And how many times they try to boil him? Three? Is that right? I think. So whenever God did these profound miracles, these huge miracles, usually it had to do with either persecution coming or he knew, God knew that he needed to give them something or they wouldn't do what he wanted them to do. Like for an example would be Peter. I talked about this last week in Acts 10, but where Peter was given a dream. He had to overcome his Jewish culture. And God showed him in a dream or a vision that he needed to go talk to the Gentiles. He needed to share this good news with all men. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done it. All right? That, that's an example of that. But though raising the dead and other spectacular supernatural miracles are not as common today, they do still happen, right? 
people do still hear, and I had a friend, he's since passed away, but he was in Russia, in a, in a Russian church, listening to somebody preach, and the man behind him heard him praying in the Spirit. And when the service was finished, the man stopped him and he said, when did you, how did you learn this language that you spoke so fluently? And the man said, I don't, I don't know that language, through an interpreter. He said, I don't know that language. And the man said, you talk to me directly in my language. This was just a decade or so ago. Does God still move like that? Yes, He does. He certainly does. I don't know if you know, and again, another man that's passed, Kenneth E. Hagan. He said this, he said, the inward witness, how many have that? Is just as supernatural as guidance through visions and so on. It is just not as spectacular. Many people are looking for the spectacular and missing the supernatural that is right there all the time. Don't let that be you. You know, it's the little things that God does in us, around us, through us. Those are the things that are so special because it happens 24-7. If we look for it, we'll see it. There isn't a day that goes by that I'm not thankful for what God's trying to do in and through me. I don't always understand everything he's doing, but I have that confidence, that inner, in my knower, saying, Norm, just keep on doing it. Keep on going after it. Keep on seeking me. Keep on talking about me, and I'm going to do the rest. I'm going to take care of all those people that you are speaking to. And God wants to do the same thing through you. If we would begin looking for what the Holy Spirit wants to bless us with today, we would be better equipped to carry out His mission. And I think that is the key. We are blessed with the Holy Spirit for power to be His witnesses. And we forget that. We start to think, oh, well, no, it's just so I can feel good. Really? What part of God is selfish? And we represent Him. When you read about Jesus, what part of Him was selfish? He gave His life for us. And we should do the same for the people who are out there who are dying, who do not have the confidence in Him that we have. Now about the time of the Reformation, Martin Luther, the 95 Thesis, and he'd come against the church and he said all these things were wrong in the church. We still have people like that today. These modern theologians felt that we no longer needed the gifts. Those were for the people in the past. <laughs> so what happened? This is the same list I showed before. They eliminated, they retired certain things like prophecy. We don't lean on that anymore. Word of wisdom. How many have had a word of wisdom and it blessed your socks off? It gave you courage to go do something, all right? I've had many, many. 
There are times I wouldn't know whether to move forward or backward or just stay still if it had not been for one of these words. We need more of them, by the way. Church. We need more people willing to step out and believe that God has anointed you for such a time as this. Faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits. All those things with a line through them were retired. Interpretation of tongues. Prophets? Hmm, who needs them? Miracles? Gifts of healing? Varieties of tongues? We do need them, but they've been retired. Apostles, prophets. Eh. You see what I'm saying? Evangelist Reinhard Bonnke, and I don't know if you've ever heard him, but he, he preaches to crowds, uh, half a million people at a time. I, I just can't even imagine. And he said this, he said, Christianity is either supernatural or nothing at all. We had a supernatural Jesus with a supernatural ministry, creating a supernatural church with a supernatural gospel and a supernatural Bible. You ever think of it that way? Take the miraculous out and you have ripped its life and heart away. But this will never happen. God is still seated on the throne. God is looking for a church who is ready and willing to see revival. But there's a cost. When revival breaks out, there's a cost. It requires a people who are willing to pray and to seek His face and to give of themselves and to stop being so selfish. Did the need for the Holy Spirit end with the first century church? What does Scripture say? Just a few. Jesus Christ is the... Read it with me. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who baptizes us in the Spirit? Jesus. If Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, why would that end? It wouldn't, right? You with me? Signs follow the believers who follow the Word. Mark 16, 15 through 17 he told them, go into the world, preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Now look at this last part. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. Does that sound like something we still see today? And the last one here, verse 20. The disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said. By what? So where'd the signs come from? Holy Spirit. All right, so we see it in the New Testament church. It's evident that first the Word was preached, and then it was confirmed by the miraculous signs. So wherever the Word is preached... You're going to see miracles follow. Do we preach the word here? Yes. I sure hope so.
I really do. I sure hope we do it, and we do it well. But I just want you to see this. Miraculous signs follow the preaching of the Word. We see this again in Acts 4:29 to 30. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in what? Preaching your Word. Preaching's first. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So this is what happened after Pentecost. They're asking the Lord to pour out His Spirit with healings and miraculous signs. So we see the Word preached, then miraculous signs followed. Believers are not to follow signs. Hello? Don't let that trip you up. But it's important that we get this. It's kind of like if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you don't go after the tongues, you go after what? The Holy Spirit. You go after the who. All right? Same is true here. You don't have to worry about the science. That's God's job. What you need to do is preach the Word. You need to know it well enough to be able to tell somebody about Jesus and how they can come to the Lord. Ooh, it got quiet. This is so simple. If I can put it this way, it's elementary for Christians. There's not a person in this room that shouldn't be able to say to somebody, this is how you come to Jesus. This is what Jesus did in my life. Really quiet. Passages like this show us that the disciples expected the Holy Spirit to come and to use them. And they expected it to follow the preaching of the Word. I'm going to share a couple excerpts from history where we'll see that these guys preached the Word in, in cities. Can you imagine if New York had a revival? Is it possible? With God, all things are possible. Or Los Angeles, or Chicago, or... How about Las Vegas? <laughs> Sin City become Holy City. Amen. You can give the Lord a hand. Let's look at some of our early church leaders that wrote about how the Holy Spirit exhibited these gifts in and through their ministry. How many have heard of Ignatius of Antioch? And I put the dates in there. Again, this, I thank Tony Cook because he did all the work. He did all the homework. Read this with me, though. You don't have to read this with me. Listen to this. Linger constantly in prayers. This is what he said. He wrote, Seek a greater understanding than you have. Ask for invisible things so that they may be made manifest to you in order that you may lack nothing and abound with all spiritual gifts. Does this sound like somebody who said, nope, Holy Spirit, he ended with the apostles. How about this guy, Justin Martyr? We've heard of him. 
knowing that daily some of you are becoming disciples in the name of Christ and quitting the path of error, who are also, what? Receiving gifts, illumined through the name of this Christ. For one receives the spirit of understanding. Ooh, this looks like that list we just read. One receives the spirit of understanding, another counsel, another strength, another healing, another of foreknowledge, another of teaching, and another of the fear of God. Now, we don't often contribute that to the Holy Spirit, but that's conviction. That's knowing, being smart enough to know when God's trying to move in your life and you're not buffeting that. Instead of saying, nope, not now, Lord, you're saying, whatever you have for me. Hmm. The second part of his writing. We also hear many brethren in the church who possess prophetic gifts. Huh. And who through the Spirit speak all kinds of languages. Huh. And bring to light the general benefit, the hidden things of men, and declare the mysteries of God. That is what the church should be doing today. His disciples receiving grace from Him, do in His name perform what? And that word miracles was put in, just to make clarity. According to the gift with which each one has received from Him. Did you know God has a gift for you? At least one. Some people end up moving in more than one gifting. But he has at least one for you. For some do certainly and truly drive out devils. Man, we need to see more of this today. So that those who have thus been cleansed from evil spirits frequently both believe in Christ and join the church. A crowd of people were pressing it. Oh, I, I lost one there. Let me, let me back up here. I think I might have... Nope, I don't have that one. I'm sorry, I, I eliminated that and I didn't mean to. Oh, let's see where we're at. Let's go back to this guy. Note here that they keep bringing up Pontius Pilate. Why do they do that? Some have said that the reason they do it is to have an anchor point in history. They don't want anybody to forget this is the Jesus that they crucified. Without that anchor point, you could go on and say, eh, who was Jesus? It was the Jesus that was crucified under the hands of Pontius Pilate. And they keep bringing this up. Hallelujah. Okay. How did I do that? Sorry, I got to catch up with myself. I tried to make sure I had all these, but I must have. Let's jump to the Montanists. The Montanists were late 2nd century, and they're a lot like the Anabaptists. All right? Um, they were considered heretics because they believed in the Spirit and the gifts, and they responded. And some of them might have gone. You know, sometimes when the Holy Spirit's moving in a church, The wrong perception can be seen. And, and people start saying, oh yeah, they swing by the chandeliers. Or, or what's that other word you'll often hear? Holy rollers. It, when I was in Lansing at uh, Mount Hope Church, the, the mother church of this church, we had three towers 
They were prayer towers, for crying out loud. That's where people went and prayed. But you know what the word on the street was? That's where we had our beer parties. I mean, people come up with the strangest things. So the Montanists were considered heretics because of their excess. But the people who ridiculed them were like those who today ridicule the gifts. It's probably safe to say that Montanists were the first charismatic renewal within the church and that it sought to bring revival to a rapidly hardening ecclesiasticism. The church was taking over. But the flavor of Jesus was being lost. It was becoming man-made. Who wants a man-made church? Augustine of Hippo, hopefully I've got this one. No, I'm going to do that. There we go. Even now, therefore, many miracles are worked, Augustine of Hippo said. I cannot record all the miracles I know, and doubtless several of our adherents, when they read what I have narrated, will regret that I have omitted so many, which they, as well as I, certainly know. So how many would say this guy saw some miracles? And this was, note the date, 354 to 430, which this is right in that time period of the Edict of Milan, which this is where Constantine and then following uh, emperors made the church official. And this is where all the trouble started. Man's influence began to permeate it. Instead of this pure faith in religion, it began, it began to incorporate all kinds of uh, heathen-type symbolism. And it happened more and more and more as the church became the official church. Legally. You had to belong to the church or they just off with their head. None of these people, by the way, got the memo that miracles, signs, gifts of the Spirit had ended. Benedict. Benedict often cured their sick, relieved the distressed, and is said to have raised the dead on more than one occasion. Again, four, note the dates. 480 to 543. There's a difference between history and myth. I just wanted to point this out. This is something Tony pointed out. It's usually pretty easy to tell the difference. Like where Peter's head was cut off. Some said it bounced several times, and wherever it bounced, a spring of water came up. Does that sound like something God would do? Probably a myth. Young man recorded as having ran on water, grabbed a drowning man, and both walked off the river on top of the water. Myth? Not sure. Could it have happened? Sure. Benedict recorded it. Benedict often cured their sick, relieved their distress, and is said to have raised the dead. Again, we're seeing that, raising the dead thing. How many would say that's a pretty cool miracle? Modern man. It wasn't just a few years ago that one of the brothers in the church was awakened and the Lord put on his heart this missionary who was on the field. And as he prayed 
And the Lord just had this urgency. He couldn't stop interceding for this guy in the spirit. And all he saw was this fog. And this man went through the fog and then came out on the other side. And what ended up happening, he found out later, somehow these two got connected and this prayer person said, hey, on this date, on such and such a date, did this happen? Did, were you in a fog? And, he, and the man goes, oh my. Why do you ask? He said, because the Lord put you on my heart that night. And I was interceding for you. And it was a kind of intercession I've never been called to do before, but I felt like it was life and death. And the man goes, the missionary goes, it was. I crested a hill and I couldn't see and in front of me was a, a, a very large cow right on the road. In the dark, of course, in the fog. And the, man's, the missionary said, and I went right through it. And it didn't harm him. Now I've shared this testimony before. Pastor Barb had this very same experience. It wasn't a cow. It was a drunk who had left a bar one night and she was heading toward him, and he pulled out into the wrong lane where there was construction going on. And she said there was nothing she could do. And she said she felt like it was like a... And the next thing she noticed, she saw the guy's taillights in her rearview mirror. Now, I've shared this before. I don't have time to go into all the details, but... The after effect of that was she had words of knowledge like a, a lost dog. She knew where it lived. In a neighborhood we'd never been in and she took it to the owner and said, is this dog yours? And God even shared with her the name of that dog. That doesn't happen. Okay? That was a miracle. And this was the after effect of her I believe she was translated. If, if she'd been killed back then, this was before we went to Bible college, if, if she had been killed in that accident, I can promise you I would not be here today. And maybe you're all going, oh, man. But I'm just saying, God had a plan. And it wasn't for her to die or to leave four young men, young boys at the time, orphans. Hallelujah. Miracles still happen. Bernard of Clairvaux. Notice the date, 1090. The Spirit communicates Himself for the working of miracles and signs and wonders and other supernatural operations which he affects by the hands of whomever he pleases, renewing the wonder of bygone times so that the events of the present may confirm or our belief as to those of the past. What's he talking about? He is bestowed on them for their benefit, for miracle working, for salvation, for help, for consolation, and for fervor. God is still working here, pouring out his Spirit on his people. Moving right along. Peter Waldo. Where is Waldo? Therefore, concerning the anointing of the sick, we hold it 
as an article of faith and profess sincerely from the heart that sick persons, when they ask it, may lawfully be anointed with anointing oil by who joins them in praying, that it may be efficacious to the healing of the body according to the design and end and effect mentioned by the apostles. These guys knew how to write back then. And we profess that such an anointing performed according to the apostolic design and practice will be healing and profitable. Note the date, 1140 to 1218. We're still getting close. Is it still happening? Is the Holy Spirit... And, and I, I can't tell you how many I had to pluck for the sake of time. Martin Luther, it was said of him, he would repent for hours. The priest stopped him, rebuking him. You've been repenting for hours and haven't said anything that was interesting. Luther was upset that the church began selling indulgences for their lost relatives. This letter showed the gift of faith and the gift of healing. Listen to what he prayed over Myconius, and he actually sent this in a letter. I command you in the name of God to live because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive me. For this I am praying, this is my will, and may my will be done because I seek only to glorify the name of God. This is Martin Luther. This is the guy that it is said ended the gifts in the church. And yet, what did he pray? Lord, heal my friend. And guess what? Myconius outlived him. You see, we're good at showing the side we want to show. And I've actually seen people online who have quoted some of these guys, or I should say misquoted, because they take it out of context. Here's another good one, and I'm just about wrapping this up. John Wesley. How many have heard of him? Some claim that he started the Methodist Church. All right? But in the beginning, Wesley didn't know if he was saved or not. His ship was going down in a storm in the Atlantic. He questioned his salvation, but he heard people singing in the belly of the ship. They were Moravians, very devout people. He was upset that they had joy amidst the storms. How many know that people should see when we're in a storm that we still have the peace? That doesn't mean that you're all happy about it necessarily, but you ought to show that you're not defeated. And because of them, their ship didn't sink. John became a circuit rider, which basically he got on the back of a horse and he just took off and started preaching the gospel. Anybody that listened, he preached. One day he said, my head hurt, my horse was almost lame, and I prayed and God healed me. This is John Wesley. Does it sound like somebody that doesn't believe the Holy Spirit was still available today. He also saw a man come back from the dead. 
At about three in the morning, as we were continuing instant in prayer, the power of God came mightily upon us, insomuch that many cried out for exceeding joy, and many fell to the ground. As soon as we were recovered a little from the awe and amazement at the presence of his majesty, we broke out with one voice. We praise thee, O God. We acknowledge thee to be the Lord. But he didn't build an altar around this manifestation as it can be proved by abundance of witnesses that these viewers were frequent, indeed almost always the instantaneous consequences of prayer, your inference is just. I cannot, dare not affirm that they were purely natural. I believe they were not. I believe many of them were wrought by the supernatural power of God. This is John Wesley. In the Methodist church today, you don't see them practicing the gifts of the Spirit. But the person who is attributed to starting this faith movement believed in the Spirit. The very last one I have of him. I'm not afraid that the people called Methodists should ever cease to exist, either in Europe or America, but I am afraid, listen to this warning, I am afraid lest they should only exist as a dead sect having the form of religion without the power. And this undoubtedly will be the case unless they hold fast both the doctrine that should be spirit and discipline with which they first set out. Are you getting it? Is this helping anybody besides me? And here's a really long one that I didn't put up there. And I'm going to close with this. Again, this is John Wesley. It does not appear that these extraordinary gifts of the Holy Ghost were common in the church for more than two or three centuries. We seldom hear of them after that fatal period when the Emperor Constantine called himself a Christian and from a vain imagination of promoting the Christian caused thereby heaped riches and power and honor upon the Christians in general, but in particular upon the Christian clergy. Something was going wrong. From this time, they almost totally ceased. Very few instances of the kind were found. The cause of this was not, as, been, as has been vulgarly supposed, because there was no more occasion for them. Because all the world was become Christian. This is, a, this is John Wesley. Say that with me. This is John Wesley. He said, this is a miserable mistake. Not a 20th part of it was then nominally Christian. The real cause, the real cause for the Spirit being retired was the love of many. Almost all Christians, so-called, was waxed cold. His words. The Christians had no more of the Spirit of Christ than the other heathens. God, help us. Help us not to be that church. The Son of Man, when He came to examine His church, could hardly find faith upon earth. This was the real cause why the extraordinary gifts of the Holy Ghost were no longer to be found in the Christian church. Because the Christians were turned heathens again and, ha and had only 
a dead form left. Would you stand with me? Some say that Wesley was truly the grandfather of the Pentecostal movement. We don't give him that credit very often. But he certainly was the instigator of the holiness movement, which was the precursor to the assemblies of God. God is here for us today. And He wants to equip us. He wants us to carry Him wherever we go. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. And when you bump into somebody, you should spill out Jesus. You should spill out the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But do you? Do we? Well, Pastor, you're getting a little hard on us, aren't you? I'm just trying to get you to see the Holy Spirit is here. He is alive. And He has so much more for us. But we've got to believe that this is true. Father, as we wrap this service up today, Holy Spirit, (laughs) we lift our hands, Lord, and worship. We thank you for all that you have. You are the seal. Jesus said this, you are the seal of our future promise. You gave us the Holy Spirit so we would know there's more to come. But what kind of seal is dead? We know that you're alive. God, help us to share that good news with this lost generation. With those who are so confused, they don't know whether they're a man or a woman. Not to make fun of anybody, because that's not my intent. Lord, you know what this world needs. And we seek you today, Lord. We, We ask, Holy Spirit, fill us afresh and anew with the gifts, Lord, with the the words of knowledge, with prophecy, with the gifts of healing, Lord, and faith. Conviction, Lord, conviction that would cause people to question, am I on the right path or not? Is there another way from the way that I'm going? And Lord, may it draw them to you, not send you away. Holy Spirit, again, we are a needy people. We're humans in these broken bodies. But Lord, we know you can do all things through those who love you. Lord, there's nothing we can't accomplish. Every promise in the Bible is yes and amen through Christ. We stand on that today. We are more, so much more than conquerors, Lord. We are victorious in this life. And people need to see that. We are image bearers of our God. And Lord, we love you. We, we just want you to know that Whatever you want to do in and through us, we're prepared for that, Lord. 
We're ready for that. I'm just going to put this out there. If you feel like you just want to ensure that God knows you're ready, you are willing, you are able, I just want you to come down here right now. Come down here to the altar right now. If you're ready for more, you're ready for God to do some supernatural things in and through you. Just come down to the front. Just as a sign of faith. You're taking a step of faith here. That's all it is. You want the Lord to know that whatever it is, whatever it takes to reach this generation, this culture, you're going to be available. Hmm. Father, thank you, Lord. You see the hearts that are here. Lord, it's, it's, it's my prayer, Lord, that you would just anoint these people as only you can in the name of Jesus, Lord. As Jesus baptizes you afresh and anew today in the Holy Spirit, just receive from him today in the name of Jesus. Receive all that he has in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm going to... Here's what I want to do. I just want to come along. If you guys can all get up toward the front, just so I can hit everybody, because I'm gonna I'm gonna go fast. I'm not expecting anybody to fall out here, but I believe God wants to impart something in the supernatural. The Lord is here today. Say this with me. The Lord is here. I confess Jesus is my holy God, and I am a temple. Of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And today, today, I acknowledge Him. him. He is my Lord. Lord. I want to be used used as His servant servant. to do His bidding. I am His ambassador. Use me, Lord, as only you can in the supernatural. We pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 I'm just going to hit you. Just receive it by faith in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, just feel, just let him move in you. If I, I'm trying to get to everybody, just receive it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's something going on here. Hallelujah. You that are waiting for prayer, just begin to worship the Lord. You're seeking the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just receive it in the name of Jesus. Holy God, holy God, Jesus. He is here, he's in power. Let me get back to these guys in the back. I'm sorry. This is the Holy Spirit. Just receive from him, Dale.
closer to 72 what I want you to see is God is going to do something through this body of believers God is no respecter of persons so if you're standing here today and say well I don't have any Bible education that is from the devil what you have is anointing from God and anointing from God God wants to use you what you need faith. Believe it. Believe it. How many can say, I believe? believe. Say it again. I believe. believe. Say it again. I believe. I believe believe that Jesus is capable of turning my world, my neighborhood, my town, my family upside down for him. Hallelujah. Let's just give him the praise. Hallelujah. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. 
Hallelujah. Let it rain. The Lord just showed me a picture. When, just before we left our house, and, and we've been trying to grow this stupid flower. It, it's a climbing flower. We've been trying to grow this thing for 20 years. Yeah, I'm talking about our plant. And just before we left today, a second bloom came out. And I looked, and, and there were at least four or five other still in the green part, but ready, buds, ready to go. And the Lord just showed me a picture that you're those blooms. You're those buds. And he's getting ready to bloom the church. Hallelujah. And this is to his glory, not any man, not Pastor Norm. Set me aside because this has nothing to do with me. I'm just up here. I'm just a preacher. Jesus. 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 He is about ready to bloom in your life like you've not seen before. Thank you, Jesus. So be looking for it. Be expecting it. Yes, Lord. By faith, believe that God's going to do something supernatural in your life and in your family and in your work and in your school and everywhere you go. And I started with this. When you bump into somebody, What's going to spill out? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Yes. So be ready for that. Be prepared for that. Don't just go out here and go, well, that was, that was fun. That was interesting. No. This is just a start. Yes. Father God, we thank you again for everything you're doing in this church, in our family. Bless these people, Lord, as only you can. Bless them and anoint them. Give them, Lord, missions that can only come from you. If need be, give them dreams, visions. But Lord, I pray that we would set this city on fire. Yes, Lord. With the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Emphasis on with the Holy Spirit. Lord, people would see there's a difference. That you are alive and that you love them. And may we go out of here today on fire for you. In the name of Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep us safe, loose angels around us if need be. Lord, we want to glorify your name. And we give you all the praise. Yes, Lord. And everybody says, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Make sure it shakes somebody's hand. Give them a hug, whatever they'll allow. Get to know some people you don't know yet.